And welcome to Inside the Pressure Cooker, where cooks and chefs share their stories of life inside the kitchen. I'm not going to stress out about that end goal just yet. There'll be plenty of time for that. But right now, I'm very lucky and fortunate to be in a position where I can just enjoy cooking and learning. I have very little amount of responsibilities. Nobody's counting on me. Like, I can just, I can be a sponge right now, you know? Um, you know, Eric from the bakery in uh, Denton, he always told me, just like, keep writing down every year what your goals are and just watch them change, watch them change. And I haven't done it every year, but I've written a few things down. Like, oh, wow, it has changed dramatically. And then I even remember what you told me we were sitting in your office in uh, Barley, but uh, you asked me this question. You said, what do you want to do? I said, oh, I want to open my own restaurant. I said, no, no. Find some people with, <laughs> with money and go play with their money. And, this and, that. and I even tell people that here. And so, yeah. No, I know one day I'm going to have to grow up and be responsible and make some important decisions. Uh, but not right now. And now I get the cook. I would love to see Mario's goals and, and where they're at now uh, versus when he joined me about eight years ago. Um, and that's actually some great advice that um, I wish I would thought about or, or known about then. But writing down your goals every year um, and watch them, watch them evolve with you, right? Remember, as I've mentioned, it's uh, if you don't hit it, it's not because you didn't uh, succeed or it's not because you failed. Um, it's because they've changed and it's, they've changed because you're growing. Um, and so that's a great thing to happen. And, you know, in your infancy, as you're growing, um, this is also the time to start learning better habits, um, to take care of yourself. And it's something I wish I would have learned. Um, because one, I struggle with that in many ways. Um, you know, for so many of us, it's about taking care of everybody else except for you. And that's going to come back and bite you hard. Um, even to this day, I will take care of everybody else before I even think about me. Um, and that's just part of it is the hospitality side. Uh, part of it that is just that's the unselfish side of me that's taking care of it. Um, but it's kind of funny to say that it's not it's unselfish um, when you work in a career that is very selfish uh, because of the time and commitment that it takes to really grow and excel. Um, but when you learn to take care of yourself mentally through whatever form you deem fit that I would suggest would be healthy, um, whether it's meditation or yoga or exercise, rather than drugs and alcohol. Those habits are, are only going to continue to help this industry eat away at you until there's nothing left of you. Nobody wants to see you crash. You've, you've got to find a smarter, healthier way by tracking your goals and making sure you see that forward progress. And pushing yourself to do that forward progress um, is good, but only if you're able to take care of yourself. So 
my challenge to you is create these goals. All right. Have two professional goals. And one of those is going to be a personal goal. And that personal goal is going to be uh, self-care. How are you going to learn to take care of yourself in a different way? Right. What are you going to what are you going to do for you and your body? And that's a selfish goal, but that's okay. You can have two professionals and one selfish. What are you going to do about you? All right. So we're here with my friend Mario. Um, Mario, give me uh, your 30 second elevator pitch here. Who, who is Mario? Uh, Mario, I'm just, it's like I tell all my friends, I'm just a donkey. You know, uh, I just like to cook and have a good time. Yeah, that's pretty much it. You know, I know, I know that wasn't thirty seconds, but <laughs> fair enough. So, how long have you been cooking for? Um, professionally, seven years now. Seven years. Yeah. Okay. Did you do any uh, school or any background like that? Yeah. Um, actually, it's kind of a crazy story. When I was fourteen, my family moved to France as missionaries, so I went to a oh, public school there. And in the school system there, right before you hit high school. You can do like a general school or you can do a trade school. And mm-hmm. Honestly, like I didn't know what was happening. I didn't speak French. I was a little bit lost. And I saw there was a baking school in my city. I said, ah, oh, sounds great. I love bread, love croissants, all that. So I'll go do that. And as I was like applying for it, like I was looking at it, this and that. And my dad kind of, you know, suggested I just do more cooking and then I could specialize if I wanted to. And so I did that. So started cooking, really fell in love to, in love with it, started working at a couple of different restaurants, and I, I didn't know what I was seeing. Like I, didn't, I remember the first time I saw foie, foie with cherries and this and that, and that didn't make any sense to me. I had no idea what that was. No, I mean, I'd never seen that before. So, Right, and I mean, you were, what, 14, 15 at this time? Uh, like almost 17, 16, 17, something like that. You know, I come from a big family. From Denton, Texas, four would change into that. I don't even know what that is. Like they would tell me in English, <laughs> like they would translate it for me. Like one of the guys spoke English there. But, oh yes, yeah, Fagla and Cherries. None of those words make sense even in English. So it it really was just a different world. I mean, so obviously you got through it. Um, yeah. It was, I mean, I'm assuming. I mean, how did you know it was for you though? Well, I think that was the best part of it because I didn't. I didn't know it was for me. And in hindsight, I think if I had known more about the industry, then I, it may have like, scared me off. I remember during orientation, my chef told us, oh, you're not going to have a girlfriend, you're not going to have a family, you're not going to have a life, this and that. Again, I understood the words he was saying, but uh, it's, just, it's, it's early in the morning. Yeah. It's high school. He's sure, sure, sure. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about, man. And I just want to eat some food. I saw you guys have steaks in the back. Well, I'm making through. And then after a couple of years in the issue, like, oh, he was telling us not to do this because it sucks. Because it's hard. <laughs> oh, man. I missed, I, I totally missed the warning. There you go. And then so by that time, it was too late and I loved it too much. And yeah, it is what it is. Okay. So you finished up school. Did you work in France at all before coming back to the States? <laughs> uh, not full time. When you do school there, it's a, so the culinary school I did. Again, was that a, it was like a trade school, high school level. That was a three-year program. And every year, you have to do a month to two months of internships. Okay. I did that all at the same hotel. 
And so for three years, I was at this hotel. They started me off at the at the bistro, and then by the second year, I moved up to the the two star place, and I was like working fish entremet. Um, after I graduated that, I did do one year of pastries. I did a year, uh, it must have been like two months with the pastry chef there. And then my dad told me like I should like continue things and like maybe do chocolates or ice cream or keep specializing and go to school there because I couldn't work there legally. Right. Okay. And it they had a lot of good programs, but I just, I don't know. Again, I don't know anything about, I didn't know anything about the industry. I just kind of felt like I needed to start working. So I moved back to Texas. As I was looking to move back, my dad was like, okay, you found a job yet? I was like, yeah, I was looking at this place, this place, that place. I said, okay, cool. What about your second job? Like, what are you talking about? He said, ah, you gotta have two jobs, man. Like, oh, snap. Okay, cool. <laughs> so we had a friend of a friend. Or, no, sorry. We knew the daughter of uh, Eric from Raven Bakery. And so talked with him. Ah, uh, okay. And then, you know, he gave me a job in the morning there. And I I just hit the square with a couple of resumes. And that's when I walked mm -hmm. into LSA Burger and applied there. Didn't work out. Okay, cool. And then that's how I heard about Barley. Got hired on there. And so I was working there and at the bakery in the morning. Okay. So, I mean, between the, the pastry side and, and the savory side, I mean, they're two different worlds. Oh, absolutely. I mean, do you have a, do you feel a draw from one to the other? Oh yeah, the savory, 100%. Okay. But also because I feel like I'm more of a cook than a pastry guy. Just because like pastry, you need a little more finesse, a little more patience, maybe a little bit more math. Fuck ton more patience. <laughs> That's just not me. Like, no. I can save a steak. I've learned a couple of tricks. You overcook it. Okay, throw it in the freezer real quick. Bum, bum, bum. Then, you know, push the ticket out. Like, you know, you can make things happen. Uh, right. You go a couple degrees too far, yeah. and then you got to restart the recipe. Oh, a couple yeah. degrees or a couple grams of this. or yeah. I, I mean, yeah. it's I, I've never been able to do that. Or, or work on that side and you know if someone asked me to make a cake now i'm like yeah well, you know i'll go give i'm gonna give betty a call maybe duncan <laughs> right yeah I can, uh, I have a couple tricks but no uh, uh, it, because it's it, to me i'm also I, I i cook on the fly right and it's just i i cook organically and and it's how you're feeling because as you're going through is for me the more you think about a dish the more uh, the more wrong it is yeah yeah, yeah, same. I'll, I'll cook and then in hindsight, but okay, next time I'll do this, this and that. And that's how I... Sure, yeah. Yeah, you're always kind of making those changes. Yes, at the end. Ah, mm -hmm. why didn't I add wine? Ah, this, ah, not that. Next time I'll baste it. Yeah, when it comes to baking, not so much. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's rough. But you picked up a couple uh, pastry positions when you're out in New York. So, I mean, you're still kind of keeping up on it. Yeah, because I know it's important, you know? I know, I mean, it's a big industry, but, like, also, like, all the tools that we can use. And it's not so uh, separate, you know? Like, honestly, my bread baking and all that, I can't do any of that, hardly. I can make a brioche, kind of. But as far as, like, desserts, I can come up with a decent dessert that hold up in a restaurant. And that's about as far as I can go. I mean, if, is there any of the pastry mindset i mean i say mindset because it almost is a different mindset not almost it is oh, right um 
is there any of that pastry mindset or tools that you've been surprised on how they've transferred um, into the savory world? Uh, a little bit. Nothing, again, nothing crazy because I'm not that good, but <laughs> like okay. using like a piping bag or like there are small things like that, like canelling. And again, I said that and I can't canel, but small things that you'd be very surprised a normal guy or a normal cook can't do, you know, like my handwriting sucks, but I know how to get chocolate to the right temperature and kind of drizzle something on a plate if it needs to be done <laughs> kind of drizzle something yeah, on a plate you, know, you can kind of make yeah. the letters and it kind of looks like someone tagged it slash you know spilled something but ah, yeah can, that could be birthday anniversary something yeah, like that you, yeah the thought that counts so i can do that but like I, even like <laughs> one of my my buddies he's always telling me about how he wants to like he always thinks about maybe just like taking six months off and going to go work for some pastry chef because he feels very inadequate in that area you know and i said yeah you shouldn't have because you just learned two creams a cake and a ganache then okay then kind of puts your mind at ease isn't that something you can kind of practice at home or depending on the restaurant you're at kind of yes but you know how it is it's so different so if you learn it from somebody who's in the industry it's the same thing yeah you True. can sear a steak and season it and it can be perfectly cooked but if you can do that and pop it in the you know oven and temper it and that, that, that. If you can, if someone shows you how to do that on the line, that gives you a lot more confidence than if you just buy that whole food. Practicing at home. It home. Yeah. You know? So I think it's the same thing. Plus, you know, it's like, it's a very nice thought. We're very limited okay. on time, cooking wise, energy wise, you know? Cause like, ah, what? <laughs> yeah. Go home, and, go home and bake a cake. Nah. nah. Uh, you know what? Some people do that shit though, man. Some do. Yeah. Some people, you know, cure cancer and do all that, all the kind of crazy stuff, but not me. <laughs> I can wash my uniform, you know, then I'm good. Fair enough. So a uh, quick word of advice then. So you've kind of gone through uh, culinary school in Europe, in France, right? Did some baking uh, and pastry work out there. Did some uh, hotel work. Uh, you've worked here in the States, uh, North Dallas area at a couple of different places. And you've been in New York for... Uh, about what six years now then right um you know new york's definitely a, a kind of a, a pretty tough place to be cooking uh for a lot of ways there's probably a lot of competition i don't doubt um you know restaurants are here one day gone the next like what is what is some advice you would give to that new kid that's just walking in like yourself at 16 17 years old what is something you wish you would have known or someone had told you? Well, actually, I feel like I'm very blessed that my dad did teach me. Oh, and that's uh, to work hard. Like ever since I can remember, like we were mowing grasses and just working, 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 working. And that's a big part of, you know, because you do see a lot of people come from all over the world, all over the country to work here. And, you know, you don't have to be the best, but you do have to be able to work hard and have go the extra mile and not just do just do the task to your you know mise en place list no you gotta you know help somebody out um so i would say work hard which is you know does affect your attitude and then really like we were talking about learning how to cook it's not just follow recipes it's not just techniques are very important knife skills are super important obviously but it's just food man. you know like it's, sometimes on a hard day i'll be crying to my buddy oh yeah this sucks i don't know whatever and he says 
you know, how is it that someone can walk off, you know, come from another country, doesn't speak the language, and just walk into a kitchen and, you know, cook better than you? Like, who, why are you crying, man? Like, you're just, you're, you're overthinking it, you're overcomplicating, you talk, you know, you talk about politics too much, just do your job, the chef wants this, do this, no, 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 we're just cooking food, man. We're not solving any problems, we're not, you know, reinventing the wheel. So I, I would say that, you know. Don't get lost in all that other stuff. Yeah, it's supposed to be fun. Yeah, and it's food, man. When you go out to eat, what are you looking for? Are you looking for life's, to solve life's problem? No, you're trying to pay a little bit of money, have a nice meal, have a good time, and go home. You know, so that's the service that we should be able to provide. And then the last thing I would say is don't forget it's the hospitality service. It's supposed to be hospitable, you know. Yes, we want to be the best. Yes, we want to, you know, maybe come up with a new idea, maybe this, maybe that. But uh, hospitality. I gotcha. Um, man, so a story. Give me one good story out in, it could be New York or uh, out here in Denton, where it made you question everything. Mm. You're just like, man, what the fuck am I doing? Oh, I don't one. You probably have a few. We all kind of do. Yeah, there was one time at that place that I opened. Uh, they were on another planet or whatever. Long story short, we ended up doing brunch. Okay, cool. Come to find out, they weren't paying any of the purveyors, so we couldn't. I couldn't order anything already. I don't know how to order. So then, when the guys are telling me, "Yeah, you owe ten thousand dollars," so we're not going to bring you eggs tomorrow for brunch. Okay, this is going to be a problem. Oh, it's like, <laughs> oh, worry, it's not a problem. Nah, nah, nah. I'm going to go to Restaurant Depot, pick up some eggs. No problem. Okay. And I'm leaving the restaurant like at one, whatever, on Saturday night, and I see them all hanging out doing whatever, partying. Okay. You gonna pick up eggs tomorrow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know we open for brunch at night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry. He's gonna go at seven when it opens. That's gonna be okay. All right, cool. Go home, sleep a couple hours, come back. It's eight o'clock. Okay. This guy, okay. Nobody. Start working on everything. And I don't know, I mean, I know you know, but I don't know if everyone else knows, you need eggs for brunch. A lot of them. Yeah, pancake, everything, everything has eggs in it for brunch. It's ten thirty. We're open, and again, new restaurant slow. Two people in the restaurant. There's still no eggs. Okay, whatever. Then it picks up around three. We get slammed. That's terrible. All right, now into Sunday service, and it's somebody's birthday or something, and it's just fifteen hours of not fun. I thought this was supposed to be my break. I thought this, you know, I was going to open this restaurant. And I was like, ah, man, what am I doing? I should have stayed in school. Man, so did the eggs ever show up? Yeah, about like 11. Oh, okay. About two hours after. You know, but still. Oh, yeah. Fuck. 30 minutes after you got an order. Yeah. But, you know, what that does to your mind, too, the whole time. Oh, yeah. You're stressed You're out. just worrying about it, stressing about it. By the time it shows up, like, you, you're, you're mentally just already fucked. Oh, yeah. And, you know. Bad attitude, all that, and just well, like you were saying, like you know, how, how are you supposed to cook like that? Yeah, cursing and yelling, and uh, that's no fun. Yep, no, it's uh, it's not a very fun environment. No, I've I used to be that guy too, though. So yeah, I mean, and sometimes, and that's one thing you have to learn is like you know, sometimes some some things are out of your control. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some things are out of your control. Just kinda, uh, yeah, no. There was another time it was uh, the first time I ever worked protein station. Was that Bar Balloon? And it's right across the street from uh, the Lincoln Center, which is a big opera. They put on shows, mm -hmm. all this stuff. All right, cool. And I've been working there for, you know, three months now. Just got moved up. I knew, you know, 
Friday night gets busy. You do three, four hundred covers. And so I was on proteins. Uh, I don't know why they didn't train me. I feel like they didn't train me. And so I was just taking care of all the all the meats, all the fish. That's all I did. No garnish, no nothing. All right, cool. I can cook a steak. I can just see a fish. No problem. Like the tank, you start going. Man, by five thirty, I was going down. Yeah, burgers and this, and they're just coming at me. Ducks and oh man, what the heck? Like ducks, they're just barely seared. They're un- they're overcooked, but they're not rendered. Like what the hell? And so I'm sweating bullets. I'm just like ah, going down. And one of the corporate chefs is like walking around, and he sees me, and he just starts yelling at me. And somehow, I don't know, he said something that I answered in French or something. I was like, oh, you speak French? Like, yes, sir. Like, All right, cool. What's your name? Mario. Where are you from? Texas. Okay, Texas. Let's go. And so it was just me and him on the station all night. Oh, man, that was the worst service ever. It was terrible. Like, give me a fish spatula. I gave him my fish spatula. You know, it's the one like that has like the three little holes in it or whatever. Sure. Like, oh, what the fuck is this? launches it across the kitchen and I don't know where it is, like it's just gone. And he wanted like the slated, not the slated one, but the stainless steel, flat one, whatever. That's not a fish. I, not, I mean, it is an offset, you know, but like, I don't know what to do right now. Cause I have seven fish on fire. Like, <laughs> and my, my, my fish batch is in the banquet kitchen. And I, so I'm going down and he's yelling at me. Okay. Pass me this, pass me that. And I'm like, okay, give me another duck. And again, I'm freaking out. I don't have any more ducks. They're like, yo, this, like, this is the last duck. Oh, that was not good. <laughs> that was not good, man. So you have more duck in the walk-in? Like, yeah. So, All right, go back there. So I grab the blowtorch. <laughs> I run to the walk-in. And I'm blowtorching my feathers. I'm trying to butcher. I don't know how to butcher. I'm butchering these ducks. Like, killing them. Killing them. And every, like, five minutes I hear, I have to run back to the line. Yeah, what do you need, chef? Like, oh, I need this, that. So I went off like six, seven hours. Yeah. Just running back. Oof. Yeah, running back and forth to the walking butcher ducks. Again, don't know how to butcher. Get back to the line to this angry French guy. Just hating me. So, I mean, not having the ducks, was that on you or is that someone? Is that like a prep thing? 100% me. Yeah, I just went. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. I thought, you know, six, seven ducks, I'll be good. I, I can. I had no idea, no idea what was going on. I just got thrown in. The guy he left or whatever. I don't know. I don't remember exactly how it happened. They must have trained me somehow. But my first service solo was a Friday night. How long did you last after that at uh, Barbaloo? I stayed there three more months, four more months, and then I had the opportunity to open this place, which, in hindsight, didn't turn out well, but. I thought it was, you know, couldn't say no. Do you figure out how to butcher duck by then? <laughs> oh, yeah. Every day the guy was there. Oh, that was another thing because I couldn't slice it. I didn't know how to slice it. God, I thought it was a duck. It's a duck breast, it's a duck breast, it's a duck breast. He's like, no. You see where the wing is? You have to slice it like that way, duck, duck, duck. So every day he'd come on my station, take all my ducks. How do you slice that one? How do you slice that one? How do you slice that one? Oh, I like this. I like this. Okay, then why didn't you do that joint service? Like, ah, I don't know. That's funny. No, I, I, we were talking to someone else um, 
I'm trying to remember who it was. Um, I think it was my cousin. But um, when it comes to training, I think it was like the the advice I gave to other people is, you know, so many people are like, well, I wasn't trained to do it. Or I wasn't, it's like, man, when it comes to training in a kitchen, your on-the-job training is usually going to be your first day for maybe a week if you're if you're lucky and if you suck. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, good point. Um, and then after that, you there is no more mm-hmm. on-the-job training to go to another station. No. Like every day, I mean, working next to that guy is your on-the-job training for when they decide to move you over there. And you better hope that you are paying attention enough. Oh, yeah. Listen to the bananas he gets so you don't get those. And then, you know, wow, he's good at that. So how do you do that? Yeah, you you just can't just have your eyes. I mean, yeah, master your thing first. Absolutely. Yeah, but your head's got to be on that swivel and and always learning, you know. 100%. Yeah, but that's also something you learn. Like, um, you know, as a young Mm -hmm. cop, you don't know that. You're scared of the guy yelling at you, you know, because you don't have your peas, or you don't have this, or you know, you burn that, and you're not looking at what this guy, how, how this guy makes his sauce, how much he reduces it. You're, you're not even thinking about that. You just kind of tunnel vision. But <laughs> just don't get yelled at. Yeah, tunnel vision. Please, please don't yell at me. Please, that's it. I don't even care if it tastes good. Just don't yell at me. You know, and then you're oh okay. Actually, nobody's going to hold my hand. No one's going to sit me down. Like, this is medium rare. This is medium. No, you just, this is what happens when you have two fish at once. This is what, no, no one tells you that. But you don't know that in the beginning. No. In a, a lot of ways, it's about finding your way. And, and sometimes, like when sometimes you'll you'll have the people around you that see you struggling and, and will jump over and kind of, you know, hey, next time, do this, do that. And they'll kind of write... But even then, it's sometimes it's too little, too late, and you still got to get through that service. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I find myself doing that, too. Like, I'll see something, think, oh, this is going to happen. Then whatever happens, happens. Bad. All right. Yeah, next time, just, you know, move it to the side a little bit. Do this, you know. I don't tell them everything. I don't know why I don't. But you just kind of you have to figure it out. Hmm. I mean, is competition so fierce that you – that you can't tell or kind of give them everything? Or? I don't. Not for me. I mean, I, I mean, is that like the New York culture or? Some places it is. Some places it is. And I, there's this guy, I'd consider him like one of my mentors, Big Steve. He used to work at Danielle back in the day and he would say like, it was ruthless. People would turn up your ovens all the way or turn off your ovens or like uh, if Danielle was in the kitchen, like, and throw a langoustine at your cutting board and like, smash it down so that when he turns it over, it's like you know, all messed up. Ah, I, I'm sure some places are still like that, but hmm. I'm not like that personally. I'm not that competitive. So I'll let you figure it out. I'll let you, you know, oh, it's the wrong one or you don't have enough or whatever. Interesting. I, I'm not trying to babysit you all day, but. No, I mean, you got to look after yourself. I mean, you don't. Not you don't always have the the energy or the mind power, right, to be able to hold someone's hand through a service. No, but I'm not going to sabotage you, you know. And I don't think that's right because again, at the end of the day, it goes back to service and the guest. And 
Nah, for me, the only time I would sabotage someone would be like taking peanut butter and putting it under the rail of their. Oh yeah, yeah. When they go to open the the lower, like their low boy or something, and they just get a handful of peanut butter. Yeah, something like that. You know. Yes. Yeah, that would be about the worst. But not or like adding vinegar to their water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, or giving them water in the court that smells like onions or something. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, but um, to affect you know the food. No, you can't affect the service or the guest. No, no, no. I mean, humiliating someone in front of the chef is. I mean, that's just part of the game. That has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> it's just part of the game. <laughs> so, what's overplayed? You see a lot of stuff out in New York right now. You know, you're, you're cooking at a pretty nice place as well. Um, you, you're probably keeping an eye on a lot of other places out there. Um, what, what do you see right now that it's just like when it when it comes back up on the menu, we're like, fuck, not again. Or is it just something there? It's like needs to go away. Hmm. <laughs> okay. As far as like techniques go, I think anything sous vide can be overplayed sometimes. Again, okay. I think everything has its place and everything in moderation. And you know, if you know what's going on, then you know it's, it's appropriate. But I feel like some people like they don't even know how to cook a steak and a cast iron so but oh no all of a sudden you can cook a perfect steak and you do it this way okay yes i mean i guess it still counts but not really you know hey i'll be honest i've used it as a crutch in restaurants before as well to to help kind of because i knew i didn't have the staff or it was it was almost a uh i don't want to call it a shortcut but like the the pork tenderloin that we did at barley yeah. It was just a way to, it was a smaller kitchen. We needed to be able to do quite a bit of volume. So, yes. and it was like, man, pull it out of the bag, roll it across the grill, slice it, and it's gone. Yes, but that's a good application. That's being smart about it. That's not just like, because you didn't know how to cook a, a pork loin. You know what I mean? That's very different. That's that's a good way to use it. Or like, you know how you right. ferment things or like, I'm not against food. I don't know that much. It's great to store things. Like, I don't know. I'm not an expert in it. But I have seen some cooks. Like, oh, I've seen you sear a steak and it's not seared. It's kind of boiled. There's still that big gray line. There's, you know, it's like, I, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know how to temper something. You don't know. But, oh, you just bought this thing off Amazon. It's like a, you know, make a wish sous machine. Ah, oh, now you're a chef. Yeah, that's kind of, kind of whack. I gotcha. What about ingredient wise? What's overplayed? Mm-hmm. Overplayed. I think lobster is overrated. Oh God, lobster's been overrated for <laughs> fucking decades, man. Nobody's figured that out yet. I mean, I've had it from one place, and they get it some small guy in Maine or something, and that one's really nice. Okay, I'll give you that. That one's really nice. Every other one's like, that's... There's nothing to it, man. Why? Why is it so expensive? Mangosteens, I get. Uh, Prawns, sure. Lobster, what's what's a lobster, man? There's there's nothing special about a lobster. (sighs) No. And I mean, your lobster up in Maine that you're talking about, I mean, let me guess. You're probably sitting on a dock or, or somewhere like one of the rivers 
you got the trees. You, I mean, there's, you've got the ambiance and everything about it and you're, you're just at a lobster shack in Maine and you're sitting outside and you're doing your thing. So at that point, it's not really just, it's not really the lobster. Yeah. No. It's the whole experience. Exactly. Even when I'm up in the Northeast, when I go up there, you know, I will not get a lobster. I won't get a lobster roll. I, you know, any of that shit. Uh, for me, I, I go for uh, fried clam bellies, right? Ipswich clams. I mean, so much more to them. Oh, yeah. And I love shellfish. I love crustaceans and all that. I love this. That's not it. Uh, menus. When you see something on the menu at any restaurant, right, wherever you go, and you get annoyed, what is it? Hmm. You're just reading through it and you're like, fucking stop doing that. I guess foams, you know. <laughs> They're still doing those out there? Of course, man. Of course. I thought those went away. <sighs> They're just alive and well, unfortunately. Especially like, hmm. I'd also say about menus, the how do you say it? Like over description of things. Where it's like a paragraph, and then it comes out, and it's again. I don't care if it's a small portion, if it's good, whatever. But if it's sixteen words, and there's two things on the plate, how about you just say it's you know the protein and the main flavor you're trying to get across, and let the dish do the speaking. I don't like things when uh, over-explained and oh, this and that and for nine days and you know the chef <laughs> took a bath and he shaved and no no no. <laughs> Who cares, man? Like, <laughs> All the staff came to work and yeah. wearing the essence of tarragon while preparing <laughs> your lobster. Yeah, they took the L train and, you know, it wasn't raining too hard. And that's a lot. I don't care about that. Yeah. No, it's funny because at one point, like, menus were fairly descriptive. And then they got to a point where it was just an ingredient. And, and it was like the slashes, kind of like what barley was. It would just be like ribeye slash mushroom slash demi right which is for people in the industry right is you're going to understand what that is and can kind of imagine that flavor profile but then there's a lot of people out there that are just like well what do i expect yeah and i think they were the ones that somehow got in control of some of those menus sure but then i would say you know like it's part of the server's job to you know well, the service, that's when the service team, you know, steps up. And if, oh, right. if they have a question or you can explain it well, and again, not to oversell it. But no, actually. Oh, you got to be able to sell it, you know, and explain it and, and get someone to understand what they're getting. Yeah. So when the plate shows up, they're not confused. Yeah. So how many times has that happened? Oh, 100%. You know, and you're just, yeah. And you're like, what, 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 what part of this did you not understand? But I feel like oftentimes it's, I feel like there's a difference between selling it and explaining what it is. Because sometimes it's, the staff doesn't even know what it is. They know how to sell it. Oh, it's this and that. That's not true. No, it's actually, you know, it's not the ribeye. It's the cap. It's, how do you cook it? What are you talking about how I cook it? You don't see the grill that's right here? Like, why are you asking me that? You know, it's like, ah. You can sell it and you know all the words and know how to say it in a very attractive way. But that's not what the food is. The mushroom is like this, the puree is that, 
like that. Hmm. Made from the bones. Bum, bum, bum. And I think the- I just had this. I was going to say, I just had this image of like servers are just reading off teleprompters sometimes. Yeah. It's like Anchorman kind of shit, yeah. you know, and fuck you, San Diego. <laughs> Excuse me? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, do you know what you just said? Uh, about what? <laughs> what? What are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that's super important too, you know. What inspires you? I don't know, honestly. Like, again, I don't feel like I have my own style of cooking necessarily, or like, you know, I'm still like learning and like experiencing things, but um, I really like nature. I know that's kind of an easy one. Other foods and cuisines, and I really enjoy like the industry as a whole, like being hospitable and to go into somebody's house or a friend or just hanging out having a couple bites it could be crackers and cheese or like for me that's very in some kind of way inspiring you know it's like because again it's not about um creating the perfect menu or creating the perfect dish i like what i do i like cooking food and providing that service to people and i feel like having those moments kind of remind me of that Having a lazy afternoon, having a glass of wine, a good conversation. Like those are the things that kind of keep that going, you know? I get that. So really it's it's more the soul of what it is. And it's Yeah, what it does, the outcome, like what it brings right. out of people. Like and so when I get to- Yeah, your inspiration's just a lot deeper, I guess I could say. Than just kind of a uh, chasing the newest trend. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> That one. Uh, <laughs> um, what about cookbooks? What are you reading right now? Do you read cookbooks? I haven't read anything in a long time, to be honest. Uh, I picked up this thing like, right here. I haven't started it. It's uh, Between Meals and Appetite for Paris by AJ Lebling. And I don't know what it is. I just saw it in the book before. But I feel like be, okay. I think it'd be something uh, interesting to read it while eating at a restaurant, you know, by yourself or at a wine bar or something, you know. Sitting out on the patio, enjoying your uh, digestive. I wish I had a patio. I have a fire. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to sit out on many crackheads. Oh, okay. Let's say, I mean, you know, fire escape is a New York patio, so. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Uh, Do you have any books on reference? Like reference books that you go to, like uh, whether it's Ratio or uh, anything like that. The Flavor Bible I've always thought was really good. And then I actually, my, um, what's it called? I guess the cookbook they gave me at school is a big reference to cuisine, whatever. And it is in French, but it just has all the techniques laid out for you. It's very basic, but it's kind of nice sometimes because you'll hear terms and see things and whether it's on Instagram or a cooking show. And sometimes like, I think again, I don't know a lot. That's, that's not an aioli. It's just mayo with sriracha. (laughs) I've gone back like, yeah, I knew that was not, that's not what that is. They'll call it, uh, you know, Bermonte or this and that. It's like, that's not what that is. 
oh, it's a holiday's book. Okay, then it's not a holiday, my man. You know? Mm-hmm. That kind of goes back to like about the selling thing. Yeah, it's easy to sell something. <laughs> if you don't God. if you don't know if yeah. people don't know, then yeah, you can sell them anything. A couple German words, a couple French words, an Italian word here or there, bomb. Sold. Ah, uh, yeah, but that's not what that is. Uh, but and it only has garlic, potatoes. Like, you know, it's not mayo. God, don't get me going on that. It just there's so much shit out there like that that oh, it's wild. is used to explain something that like mayo with flavoring is now an aioli. Yes. Um and but it's now everybody that's what they know. And that's what they believe to be true. Yeah. And so when you're like, no, it's just mayonnaise with sriracha, they're like, no, it's not, it's aioli. Okay, right. Um, you know, but the same thing, like, you know, people started using words that were recognized and regardless of what it was, whether if, if it was true or not. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it was lack of a better term, just the, the close enough. Yeah. Right. You know, or the, they're not going to know the difference anyway. And you're like, well, that's not that it's shady, but part of our job is to educate the guests, uh-huh. whether they want to be educated or not. And part of that is on the chef's side, and part of that's also on the server side. So the chef's got to educate the server, and the server's got to educate the guest. 100%. You know? So. But now it's But it just feels. Even the cooks don't know the difference. God. Now it's one thing for, oh, the guest doesn't know the difference. He doesn't know that we do it like this, which I kind of believe in some senses, in some ways. Like, it's such, like, you don't need to know that sauce takes three days to make that's okay no right that's a lot it's i know how to do it i know how to make it it's fine if you're very very interested if you're a foodie sure i'll tell you but otherwise yeah it could be sauce no problem but it, it's very it's very important for the cook to know that to know that a pint yeah. of beef shoe is you know 80 bucks you shouldn't be throwing it away you shouldn't you know you you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So for a cook not to know the difference between flavored mayo and aioli, it's a problem. Well, aioli's been going for so long that they probably teach that shit at corner school now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can see that. God. I mean, it's like they just updated the dictionary. Um, No, I, I don't know. <laughs> we went into that. Um, you know, the other one was uh, beef short ribs, right? Using boneless beef short rib. It's like, okay, that's not a beef rib. It's it's a pot roast. Yes. You know. Yeah. So so much shady stuff that goes on. Like I worked with this guy, and he was like, "Oh yeah, I worked at this that sauce place in Jersey. We had the best uh, veal parm." No, 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 no. You know, you know what the secret was? I'm like what? I was pork. What are you talking about? He's like, yeah, yeah, pork. And what I was veal punk. Like that's not okay, bro. It's like yeah, they're famous for it. Wow, <sighs> that's that's really messed up, man. Yeah. Like the same guy. Like one time, I I ran out of uh, what was it? Some calamari. It was like nice calamari, but it was it was frozen. Uh, I was yelling at him, oh, you should have taken it out. I told you to take out another bag, whatever. It's like, my, just fire, fire the message ticket. I'll be back in a minute. 
right, cool. Buy the rest of the ticket. Sure enough, she comes back with the tray, you know, like the frosted calamari. All right, cool. Bread it real quick. Buy it. I don't know. Go. After a couple picks, I'm like, yo, how'd you get that calamari to frosted so fast? So ah, it's an old trick. I'm like, nah, what'd you do? So ah, you just, you know, put it in the dish machine, pull out the soap, and run it through a couple times. Bam, frosted. I no way, man. Get out. Uh, <laughs> like, don't ever tell me that again. That's what I did. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that a nice Turbo place. defrost. Yeah, and it was at a nice place, too. I felt so bad. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that was rough. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's one of those, like, I never want to know about that. No, not at all. But then, like, I think we've all done stuff too. It's like I was out in Jersey once, and we had the health inspectors come, and nobody knew what to do. That's when I found out like I was the lead guy, because like they were all like twenty, twenty-one. They'd never been to a health inspection. Oh wow, you guys don't know anything, do you? Snap! I told one of them to grab a sandy bucket, uh, sandy buckets. They're like sandy buckets, like from the beach, because it was on the beach then. Oh my god! <laughs> no way. No way. Like, no, san- you know the sanitizer that we never use? Like, grab that. <laughs> Whatever. So the guy's like walking around. I see him put uh, the ther- thermometer in the, in the walk-in. The walk-in's been broken for years. What are you going to do? And so I go in there. It's like just hanging out on the shelf. Uh, this is not good. So I stick it in the oysters for a couple minutes, you know? Get it nice and cold. <laughs> Walk around, do a little, little mise en place. Back, keep my eye on him. Then I see him like start walking around again. Go back to the walking, put it back in the shelf. Come on, taste it. No problem. Nice. Yeah, sometimes you have to. Hey, it's called job security. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, no, it's you put the bucket of ice underneath the fan so it just pulls the the cold air out of that. Exactly. To keep everything cold. Yeah, I've done that too. So it's you, sometimes you walk in, even though it might be. The temperature might say it's cold. You can feel the air and you're like, mm, something's not right. Yeah, it's not cold. Interesting. So what are some pet peeves you've picked up? Uh, honestly, not too many. Um, I feel like, no? No, I feel like I'm pretty chill. Like, no, I mean, you're definitely not pretentious in any way. No, but I mean, like, you know, I always tell everyone, like, new people, like, you can use any of my things, like, whatever you want. Just make sure you bring it back clean, not messed up. But I'd say my big one is like just saying behind, you know, which a lot of people do. And I'd say most everyone does, but make sure I hear you. Again, just like whispered behind. And I've worked in places like where everybody says it all the time. So it kind of doesn't mm-hmm. anything. So then if, if if you're behind me, like with something hot, call my name or something, man. Like don't just say, ah, oh, I'm behind. And when you see me move. Well, that's what, <sighs> yeah. I don't, I don't know if you remember this or you ever heard me say this, um, but I stopped saying behind or hot because it just became uh, like white noise for a lot of people. Yeah. 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 Right. So I would say something like coming around lukewarm or, you know, like, you know, Hey, coming around, give me a reason, you know, and people would hear that and they'd be like, what the fuck, you know, you get their attention. Sure. 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 Yeah, um, you know, so it's like, it's after a while you just need to, change it up so it's yeah. because after a while it's always behind hot behind sharp yeah of course like, uh, yeah, yeah. oh shit then you're like oh snap yeah that was my favorite one was 
Hey, give me a reason. Coming down, give me a reason. Yeah, sometimes I just scream too. Just like, you know, make a crazy noise. And, yeah, it works, like, you know, it works. <laughs> Hopefully, nobody cut themselves when they jumped. I don't want to tell you. That's not, that's not on me. Yeah. <laughs> hey, not your fault they didn't know how to hold the knife, huh? Yeah, so I just, you know, focus. Hey, so tell me about one tool that you have to have. And, and, a chef's knife is not an option, right? Out, outside of your chef knife, what is something that you live by? That crazy French guy, he was right. That The other little off spatula is pretty nice. You do everything with that. Um, you just talking about like the little small offsets? So it's like that, but bigger. It's like five times bigger. But it's the exact same thing, you know? It looks like the, the little plating spatula, the little offsets. It's like mm-hmm. that, but it's stainless. It's the same thing. It's stainless steel, and it's a little bigger, so you can flip a fish. Exact same thing. It's not as okay. Long, so it's just it's not as long as the cake spatula, you know. Right, right. It's a little shorter, a little wider. Uh, yeah, that one. That one's a go-to. Good basting spoon. And I'd say you know uh, I'm gay like this. I like I like the cake dusters. I believe in those. You know. Not just for the temperature. The cake dusters, huh? Yeah, and I know, like, I remember the first time I saw one was at Barley. They were sitting, like, on the range, and I think they lasted two days. Again, I didn't know anything was. So I didn't, I thought, I thought they were, like, part of the sticker, like, that, you know, because all the stuff was new there, so I thought you, like, just took it off and threw it away, whatever thing. I remember throwing a couple of those away, because <laughs> I didn't, like, I didn't know what a cake duster was. So what do you use the cake duster for? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, everything for, you know, things that are cooked, but like you, now I've learned how to use it, not just like tempering meats and stuff. You can use it for vegetables, obviously, but like textures and, uh, Oh, I thought you were saying duster. I thought tester. Oh, oh, cake tester. Yeah. Cake testers. Yeah. 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 No, I bought those for everybody when we first opened and I was trying to teach everyone how to use those and some adopted it and others didn't. So. Yeah, I didn't know what that was. Yeah. Have you learned to take temperature using uh whether it's like under your lip? Yeah. Lip, 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 lip. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. No, it's one of those ones, it's more of an old school thing where you just kind of have that and then pull it under there and it's mm-hmm. that's how you can tell that temperature. Yeah. And even the one time like uh I was at this hotel in Times Square <coughs> I was working proteins and you know, they put lamb on the menu. I couldn't get it. I just couldn't get it. It was like a double chop or whatever. And then one day I was waiting for the train. And I promise it just clicked. I was with someone. I'm like, we're going somewhere or something. Like, what's wrong? Like, no. I know how to cook lamb. Like, what are you talking about? Don't worry. I got it. Next day I tried it. Yeah, I think it's there. Let it rest. Sliced it. Ah, pretty good. And I don't know. It's just... Something just clicked, literally. Hmm. It's funny how that works. Yeah. And then, like, another guy, I was messing up the ducks, and he told me, think of a warm bath on a hot summer day. What are you talking about? This is a big Polish guy. He thinks he's Japanese. Okay. Warm bath, hot summer day. Temperature. I guess. That just sounds uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I uh, did it, let it rest. All right. Chef, we slice it, sliced it. See, there you go. That's really weird, but that's not how it worked. Warm bath on a hot summer day. Yeah, I didn't know it. 
I'm trying to think of what that would, huh, okay. I mean, it's one of those things that makes sense, I guess. When you're, like, when you're in the moment. Yes, it doesn't make sense now, because even now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. But if you're there, you put it in, put it to your lip. No, that's not a warm bath and a hot summer day. Put it back in. I don't know. And <laughs> it's, if you listen to this, it sounds crazy, but you should try. So, Mario, what are we not asking? What are we not talking about? <laughs> what are we not talking about? I mean, what's next for you? I just want to keep cooking. I just want to keep finding places where, you know, like it's a hard industry, you know? But uh, I've been privileged to work under people who believe in it and do things that make you want to keep working. Like I work for somebody and he's there every day. He works just as many hours as I do. And he's the guy. And so I can follow somebody like that and sets a good example and, you know, treats people well and puts out a great product. And it, yeah, he's not perfect, but, you know, nobody's perfect. And you mess this up and he messes that up and this and that. And sure. I like to be able to see that, like at a high level is really inspiring, you know? So if I can keep doing that, then I think, then I think I'm going to be okay. You know, you don't. Like I've never, like I don't, like I don't really care for fine dining that much. You know, there's a couple good things about it, a couple bad things about it. But if the food is good, the food tastes good, and then looks good, and all that other stuff, then yeah, then I can get behind it. Then I want to cook there. And once I don't like how things are being cooked, or if the chef is not there, or then okay, then it'll be time to change. But as long as I can work in places where I can keep learning, keep cooking, that's really all I want to do right now. Just keep learning, keep going, and keep growing. Yeah, keep cooking, and because again, uh, well, I mean, what are you cooking towards? How's that? Oof. I mean, I'm not going to ask you where you see yourself in five years because that's just like the worst question in the world. Sure. Nobody knows. No, but like, I was even talking. I mean, everybody's kind of got some kind of end goal, right? Yeah. Like, eventually, I, I want to be working somewhere where if you, you can tell, like, either a cook that works for you or someone you know, someone starting off, like, oh, you got to go work with Mario. He knows how to do this, this, and that. Blah blah blah. He treats you good. He'll show you some stuff people aren't doing anymore, and you know, you know, he really knows how to cook. He really knows what's up. And if you can say that about me, then I'll be happy. His food is good. He knows what's up, and I've I've gotten to teach a couple people in small ways, even just over the past couple of years. New kids are like, oh man, this guy like no. He was kind of hungry. I'll give him a little advice, and then they come back home. Right. Oh, they'll show me the plate. They'll show me where they're working, this and that. And, you know, call them, check in on them. And I don't know. Like, again, I'm just a donkey. But 
I know a couple things and to be able to share that with different people who seem to understand it and seem to get it, seem to want to do or who are like-minded in that way. I don't know. It's fun. It's cool. That's all we think about. Hmm. That's all we care about really. All right, cool. Yeah, today sucked. This and that. The chef is telling me. I think he's wrong. It's like, yeah, I think he's wrong too, man. But you know, at the end of the day, you can learn this. You can learn that. Remember this, so you don't treat your your people like this when you're in charge. Back, back, back. You know, right. yeah, okay, you're right. Yeah, cool. Have a good service tomorrow. All right, cool. Right. Um, if you do that and put out good food consistently, come on, I'll be happy. Right on. Yeah, but you got to find. There's no but. I just I hear what you're saying, and then there's that element that is. You're never, you're never going to stop learning, right? Sure. I mean, I've been cooking my entire adult life and almost every day was a new learning experience, right? Because there's always a new situation that comes up. You always have that one guest that finds a way to fucking challenge everything you know about life and cooking. Um, you know, so it's, it's one of those, I, I'd be curious to see when, when that finally clicks with you it says okay i'm ready i'm ready for more yeah 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 for sure and that's but i I get what you're saying though because right now you're just you're still taking it all in yes and i'm not going to stress out about that end goal just yet there'll be plenty of time for that but right now i'm very lucky and fortunate to be in a position where i can just enjoy cooking and learning i have very little sure amount of responsibilities nobody's counting on me like i can just i can be a sponge right now you know um no now's the time to do it you know eric from the bakery and uh denton he always told me just like keep writing down every year what your goals are and just watch them change watch them change and i haven't done it every year but i've written a few things down like oh wow it has changed dramatically and then i even remember what you told me we were sitting in your office in uh, Barley. Uh, you asked me this question. You said, what do you want to do? I said, oh, I want to open my own restaurant. I said, no, no. Said, Find some people <laughs> with, <laughs> with money and go play with their money. And, this and, and I even tell people that here. And so, yeah. No, I know one day I'm going to have to grow up and be responsible and make some important decisions. Uh, but not right now. I know I get the cook. Right on, man. Well, Mario, I really appreciate you taking the time, man. My pleasure. My pleasure. And thanks for listening to this episode of Inside the Pressure Cooker. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the show and leave us a comment. We'd love to hear from you on how we're doing. And lastly, if you'd like to be on the show, go to InsideThePressureCooker.com and fill out the form. It'll tell me a little bit about you, some of your story, and how it applies to the show. We'd love to hear from you and love to have you on the show.